But I think once you quit hearing sir and ma'am, the rest is soon to follow. Oh, it's the tide. It's the dismal tide. We're back. It's another week of the Dismal Tide. I, I never have anything to say besides uh, we're back at the beginning, and I'm sorry to everyone. Um, this is an episode we've been waiting some time to do. So uh, first things first, hello, Mike. Uh, our Mike. You have to be more specific. Hello. Right. Um, I'm back for another week. Episode 70. Uh, we're in Four. the 70s. 74. 74. 74. Uh, and Brendan is right. Uh, our, our good friend. Mike Whalen is here uh, to do an episode that uh, we probably started talking about six months ago. Yeah, about that. We've been talking about this probably since. Yeah. Um, we are. Initially, it started as um, an episode that we were going to do just talking about just get up. And now it has turned into an entire uh, history of Mike Greenberg and and get up. Yeah, it goes deep. This is going to be so, a weird one. W- would you like to uh, do a sort of primer on that? Or uh, uh, would you like to give the, the sort of a general kind of uh, uh, opening to, to your project here? Yeah, this is your baby. Initially, in classic Dismal Times fashion, we had an idea that required an incredible amount of organization. So we got somebody else to do it for us. That's we're just going to kind of yuck at you the whole time, you know? Well, yeah, I think giving the uh, background here makes sense because I think me and Mike have had pretty similar experiences here where for the last year we've been driving ourselves kind of insane at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. many mornings watching Mike Greenberg's Get Up, probably one of the, I mean, and I do not believe in the idea of objectively bad things. One of the worst television shows just ever created. Right. I agree. And I've been it watching transcends it transcends my philosophy. Yeah, I've it, been watching it this week, and it's just like hard to say what the most objectionable part of it is. I'm inclined to say the guests, like the uh, the talking heads, but like it's really hard to say. It it's it's the worst show on any of like the big networks that aren't like the sports specific channels. I uh, I I will say Good Morning Football is a worse show on NFL Network, but um and, and basically anything on MLB TV. Uh, MLB TV is bad. Yeah, um, I agree. Oh, are there are they? Uh, is it MLB TV? MLB um, Network? No, it's the other one. MLB, MLB Network. Yeah. MLB TV is the is the, the MLB Tonight show. is the particularly offensive show. Uh, I I find on and uh, oh god, intentional talk as well. However, well, intentional talk is is very bad. But in, in any case, things like NFL Network, MLB Network, the like, what's bad about that is they're just trying to find things to say for like seven hours. Um. It's one thing for Red Zone where it's just Scott Hansen and he had, it's very focused and there's constantly things happening. 
when you're uh, watching uh, uh, all of MLB tonight, it's just a bunch of people trying to find something to say. Uh, it's the, it's them basically keeping themselves occupied the entire time. Get Up is a actual TV show that is focused. It's like tightly produced. Um, it's everyone knows what they're going to say ahead of time, and it's terrible. So. It, 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 you might wonder, why would anyone want to do a breakdown? Why would anyone be so interested in Mike Greenberg? There's nothing there. And that's exactly why. why. Yeah. yeah. Why is this guy the face of the network <laughs> when, when there's so little good or interesting about him? And that's yeah. what and that's what Mike is dove into um, going all the way back to uh, his, his beginnings, his time in his fraternity. Uh, this episode goes back to 1822, I believe, actually. And that's not a joke. Keep listening. Not a joke. (laughs) Not a joke. It does. Um, Uh, Yeah, I was floored at your outline, and uh, I hope everybody's as enamored with it as as I am. I've read through it twice. I've read through it twice. Yeah, well, we already got your download, so we don't really care anymore. This is both... um, uh, It's... Uh, pot, podcasting for podcasters. <laughs> it's uh, um, in a way, it, this is um, it, it. It's very impressive, but it's for completists only. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, and when we say completists, you have to, yeah, you have to know a lot of little things about Mike Greenberg. I think I laid them out though, but and know, I think as we go, it'll be organized, and hopefully by the end you'll get the picture of what I believe is just an empty man, essentially (laughs) guided by animal instinct through the sports media world who has no real uh, feeling towards anyone or anything. Um, I think we should just fucking get to it. You guys want to get to it? Let's go. All right. Yeah, I want to go. Um, So this is the first of uh, six little vignettes, and uh, enjoy. Part 1. A. Of the ruin of Mike and Mike in the morning, New Year 2000, to November 2017. So, Mike Golick. The defensive tackle arrived at ESPN, what, about 1995. 6'5 and 265 pounds, he has played football in South Bend and more recently in Philadelphia, transitioning from the football field to television. At Bristol, he lends his thundering voice to NFL Tonight, NFL Live, and Arena Football color commentary. The rumor spreads that he will land a show on ESPN Radio. All that is left to do is to find the right partner. There cannot be new things on ESPN. There can be old things freshly presented, or new things that pretend to be old. To be trusted, shows must forge themselves in ancient dynamic, or at least have a steady corporate hand guiding the wheel. Don't try and go it alone, or they'll think you're pirates. He, Mike Greenberg, is made host of Mike and Mike in the Morning. The show launches on ESPN2 on the third morning of the 21st century. Autumn 2017. His children are entering camera left. As their families gather around, Golick reminisces on their first meeting, jabbing clumsily that he, Greeny, had no children at the time. 
All year has been like this, a cloud of tension, digs, and fumbled handoffs. After 17 years, the co-hosts sign off for the last time, each awkwardly angling for the final word. There are no endings. If you think so, you are deceived as to their nature. They are all beginnings. Here is one. So uh, what is that last line from? That's, oh, these are all Wolf Hall. I plagiarized all okay. of these, basically. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm but, not a good writer. Well, here's the thing. Uh, when you plagiarize source material that no one is familiar with, everyone's impressed <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. that's the nice thing. Um, so, you yeah. You get away with this forever. So, this started, this is, old, this show is older than 9-11, which is pretty wild. That is, this is the beginning of the 21st century. Right. Is Mike and Mike. It's the third day of the 21st century it's 2000 january 3rd and so i mean mike golick i think is really the central figure for greenberg to understand greenberg because greenberg's never getting that first show he is just an anchor right and the only reason i think they put greenberg on mike and mike in the morning was to have an empty balance to the sort of bravado and play off that odd couple bullshit that they did. Yeah, did they ever like, years. like in a very like Chapo Trap House kind of way, just kind of like appear on the same show and they're like, wow, these guys pop together. Let's get this going. Like, I can't even imagine there's, there's probably just met in testing. Now, uh, I'm interested in that. They Greenberg, didn't. Greenberg is someone who, unlike a lot of other um, ESPN guys who were, you know, in addition to being journalists, were you know, athletes themselves, um, you know, n- not in necessarily any way that uh, would have distracted from them being broadcast journalism majors, considering the careers that they ended up in, like none of them were Heisman winners or anything. Um, but um, uh, in Mike Greenberg's case, he, uh, I, I, I believe he just played tennis recreationally. Like there was no, uh, That's you know, right. he, he, like he did, he didn't play D three football or something. He only ever played tennis, and this was a constant point of contention on Mike and Mike. I would say the, the drove uh, that that's what it came back to. Anytime Greenberg had an opinion that Golik disagreed with, it came back to the fact that like, well, you never played, did you? <laughs> and and somehow that people tolerated that for a very long time. They didn't just talk. People loved it. Loved it. Yeah, they loved Including it. me as a middle school kid. Yeah, right. How much did, uh, yeah, how much Mike and Mike did you, Mike Whalen especially, watch? But like both of you. Because I watched, I'll say, get in front of it, very little. I listened to some in like 2012 or 2013, like driving to college. But like, Oof. I had other shit to do. I was listening to Preston. You know what? I listened baby. to Coward driving to college, and that's worse. So, <laughs> so I shouldn't oof you. When, uh, it, it, when it was uh, started to be a simulcast on ESPN. I watched plenty of it. Um, uh, that that there that was an era of, uh, or that was the beginning of uh, things just constantly being simulcast to save networks money. They realized, why would we have a radio, like popular radio hosts and pay them and also pay people to be on TV when we could just film the radio show and it functions the exact same. Yeah, there's yeah, still I, a lot of that. Mike Mike Messinelli has a syndication too. Everyone does. I mean, it's uh like that's uh, half of the stuff that's on ESPN and the ESPN family of networks is that's that true. That's throughout, true. You're right. throughout the day. 
How about you, Mike Whalen? So I watched this. I had to look it up, but it would have been 2003, 2004 when I was watching a ton of Mike and Mike. So I would have been 12, uh, which is the target audience, I think, for the show. But I mean, it was really on that level. But I, I specifically remember when Ricky Williams got arrested, I think, for marijuana. I looked up the date of when that would have been. It was like 03, 04, and that tracks. And so I would just watch it all summer. I would wake up and watch Get Up. And then I was very sick in middle school. So I missed a ton of time. And then high school, frankly, I just didn't go half the time. So I watched a ton of Get Up, uh, not Get Up, Mike and Mike in the morning through middle school and high school as sort of my show. And I remember when I was really young, they would do like these crappy songs and just these terrible bits that they would sort of rehearse. Well, see, that's that uh, that's that's just radio. I mean, that's radio, the pure radio. Mor- morning stuff. radio is nothing but awful bits and parody songs. Yeah, we, talk, we talked about this before when I interned at uh, WIP, and the morning guys would come in after like some Eagles shit would happen, and I just remember like watching them make this like this uh, this like clip just nightmare thing of like bad impressions and. And I just remember the guy I was interning for, like, looked over at me and he was like, this is how radio is made. Just, like, take a look at what you're watching. I was like, yeah, yeah. I am. <laughs> I'm watching. <laughs> I'm I see going it. home. My, <laughs> it's 4 a.m. I'm going home. My definitive Mike and Mike memory uh, of the thing that pissed me off the most, like, there's probably plenty of uh, extremely banal things that I've just forgotten. But the one that stuck with me that um, – that, that turned me against them. And as I started to turn against ESPN on the whole, as I uh, got deeper in, uh, into soccer, uh, 2007, I, I, so I'm assuming it was before the 2007 Champions League final um, uh, between uh, AC Milan and Liverpool. And the uh, one of their uh, producers or uh, interns or researchers, whatever, one of the guys that would sit off to the side that was off camera that they would occasionally talk to uh, was a Liverpool fan and wearing a Liverpool jersey. And they, Golik and Greenberg couldn't have had, uh, couldn't Just, have been. It was pure contempt. Nothing but contempt. It was for the, pure for contempt. The, the very idea of it. And they're just like, who, I don't know, who who's like your favorite Liverpool player? And he's like, uh, Pepe Reina. And then Greenberg's just like, I, I think I had a dog with that name. I'm just like, oh, okay. not, not, very, not a great man. Not, <laughs> not good. I'm, like, I'm trying to paint Golik as the sympathetic figure here. <laughs> but yeah, he's... Uh, that that was uh, and I'm just like, number one is just like, there's... Well, not... I, I mean, now, not that baseball would ever get discussed, but I'm just like, there's been loads of baseball players with spanish names you've heard names like this before yeah and then i mean i just wanted to say when i stopped watching mike and mike it's like when first take came over that's sort of what the show grew into was the uh i mean it goes on past first take first take is like 2011 right because that's tebow's era yeah, I'll look it, it up. Be. Yeah, it sounds probably. Like probably. Be. I, I, I mean, Skip I've, Bayless was 2011. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been, uh, I've been aware. Like Stephen A. has been on ESPN for 2007 for, for basically my whole life. Um, 
you know, and and it's and it, without getting too distracted here, um, I watched every Sunday morning the sports reporters. Yeah, so did I. I, man. I loved the sports reporters, and uh, I really wanted TV and like sports journalism all that to be much more like that. I like I wanted to hear like people with opinions uh, are are you know argue their points, and. I did not know what sort of poison chalice uh, I was wishing for. Yeah, you brought I did not, down the world. I did not man. know. To I did be not fair to you, it was really bleak before then. It's still pretty bleak, but like change is good, and it just I don't know. Change wasn't good this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because yeah, like like PTI. You just, came you just gotta swing the bat, you know. PTI, PTI. I grew up on. So PTI, I was, man, a, I was yeah. a. I was an afternoon sports center guy. I was never Can waking up you? early enough. I was watching PTI. I was watching Sports Center. Like that was it. I, I would not miss PTI. Or uh, what's the other one with the upvotes? Uh, uh, around the horn. horn. Yeah, those are the two. Originally I hosted by Max Kellerman. Right. Uh, I have to just quickly tell my PTI story. I don't think it's true. I think I've incepted it because the timing seems okay. off. But <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure Tony Kornheiser like told me Santa wasn't real. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> well, he's because not, I so. watched it really young, but I'm not. I'm not positive about the dates. Uh, um. So I just wanna. I wanna bring a button to this chapter a bit, so we can keep this moving. Um. I was most struck, I think, when I actually started looking it up, and much like a uh, dismal tide, Mike. Um, I looked at the level of research you had done and I was just like, well, I can't catch up to this. Like I was just finding myself just trying to like Google embarrassing moments from Mike and Mike in the morning. Um, the only one that really came up was where he accidentally said uh, C-O-O-N instead of King for Martin yeah, Luther King Day. that wasn't good. It wasn't good, but it was clearly a mistake. Um, uh, mountain out of a molehill a bit, I think. Um, but I was struck by uh, Mike Golick's, he, like not contempt, I, it is contempt, but like he was just so stunned that there was nothing else to Greenberg. Like he yes, failed to develop their idea. friendship. Yeah. He failed to develop any of it. And like even interviews now uh, or like recently, I'm not sure how recent the one I'm thinking of is where he comes out and she's like, there's absolutely no relationship between us because None. Mike Greenberg just saw this as a vehicle. And Mike Golick saw this as like clearly something more. It, I mean, it's a 17-year partnership, right? And you they, guys have like, only they don't even talk anymore. It's the most, um, the the most raw moment in uh, the Metallica documentary, "Some Kind of Monster," uh, which Metallica, the lens through which I view most things. Um, that <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a scene when the band is, you know, breaking down um, because the the they might as well they're, they're like the it's everything has gone to shit they're recording the worst out al- they're the worst album of their careers and they're they're stuck with it um but it's when uh the, and it was what 2002 i guess that this would have been filmed and it's james and lars having an argument and they've been uh in a band together since 1981 and Lars is standing there screaming in his face, just go, I realize now that I barely knew you before. <laughs> and that they're just like 21 years, <laughs> 21 years of being in a living in a bus with this guy. And <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I don't even know who you are. 
like the it it never like uh it doesn't matter how much time you spend together like it as it turns out like it, it was only a professional relationship as it turns out yeah and they they were at very different points in their lives Golik seems to like to bring up and he really seems to hyper focus on this in some of his later interviews where this idea that Golik was already a family man and Greeny wasn't and then they advertise their families a lot. And for Golik, that was very important because he saw his son as an heir for like the media and his son was on his show afterwards, which failed. I think. I think it's uh, Yeah, but I he's still around ESPN. He's still doing still, still kicking around. around. I see like his, his son occasionally talking to Mina Kimes on Twitter, um, but otherwise I I don't know. I've lost track of him. Yeah, and they all sort of lost track, whereas Golik uh whereas Greeny rather, you know. He just whatever his personal life is, he he posts about it, but there doesn't seem to be any real connection with Golik left at all. It was it, it was incredible. Amazing. Yeah, no, it was it was really. I uh, just you feel, I feel for the guy. I feel like bad for Golik because like just like in the beginning, it seemed like he was like building an actual like relationship with this guy like well, actual... i mean this guy has no kids and yeah. then he has three you know you watch this guy transform as a person from i don't know your 30s to late 40s that's a pretty significant uh, yeah a very important time. part of your life right uh, that's really growing and then to be discarded uh well i mean i think we might get to that a little later but yeah let's uh let's get to the next uh, the next chapter uh, part it, 2 if I may say, the most esoteric. <laughs> B. An Occult History of Mike Greenberg, 1856-2000 to 2000. Once, during the era of good feelings, there was a superintendent at West Point. A vigorous outdoorsman and a lenient administrator, Alden Partridge emphasized physical fitness and the citizen-soldier above the rising, careerist military class. Partridge soon found himself supplanted by his rival and former student, Sylvanus Thayer. While Major Thayer set about creating a strict, regulated environment at the academy, Captain Partridge returned home to Norwich and formed his own college. Fifteen years after Alden Partridge's resignation, a wave of populism under the presidency of Andrew Jackson would sweep Sylvanus Thayer out of West Point. Two years after Captain Partridge's death, and five years before the outbreak of the Civil War, two board cadets at Norwich University swore oaths to each other. Frederick Norton Freeman and Arthur Chase declared each other true and accepted members of the Theta Chi Society. Elections were held. Chase was elected president, and Freeman was elected secretary, each securing the required two votes for their post. The next day, two more members were inducted into the secret society. By 1866, flames had engulfed Norwich University. Following the fire, the military academy was moved to the town of Northfield, where attendance would drop as low as 12 students. James Holland soon found himself the last remaining member of Theta Chi. In November 1881, Phil Randall and Henry Hersey insisted that they be inducted into the secret society. 
that Achai survived and was soon formally incorporated under the laws of Vermont. Some say the Delta Iota chapter transcends this history, ablaze with mediocrity as it is, that the maxim of Alma Mater first and Theta Chi for Alma Mater means loyalty to Northwestern University, above the fraternity that produced such failures as Matt Patricia, Joel McHale, Mo Brooks, and Bud Dwyer. It is this chapter of Theta Chi that will welcome an ambitious teenage journalism student to its ranks in autumn of 1985. It is here that he, Greenberg, will form the connections and limited skills necessary to ascend from local Chicago sports radio reporter to ESPN anchor. Beneath every history, another history. Yeah. All right, I think I understood most of that, Mike. Um, I, I, I'm going to ask the question I just asked off Mike again. It's like, so Theta Chai... And I'm saying that wrong. Um, is Mike oh, I said it wrong in the thing, I'm sure. Mike Greenberg's fraternity, and the fraternity is the one that one of these guys started? Is that the so military? Mike Greenberg belongs to the Delta Iota chapter of the Theta Chi fraternity, which has over 100 chapters. And the Theta Chi fraternity started in 1822 at Norwich University, which is the military academy so there's a lot of military blood sort of in that uh or maybe i should say military costume within that fraternity they like to talk about their colors are crimson red uh crimson that doesn't make sense uh some military word for crimson they use and uh there's a lot of valor stealing i would say from the theta chai fraternity i like that yeah because they were started by this military group and i purposely put it in with these two guys who have this rivalry that are like two of the most pathetic west point superintendents who uh kind of formed the whole military that we have now the whole military education is formed by these two pathetic sort of losers who get swept out by each other but, rank, uh, we gotta rank our most pathetic west point superintendents <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> next episode you gotta know them uh <laughs> that, yeah that's and a, then that's the supplement that would that's the uh subscribe five bucks on patreon gets you our list of most pathetic west point superintendents i mean this is so insanely uh esoteric i dug into this sunday afternoon i think but like so and so i why? was fascinated so and, in that in that like it's like how connected does greenberg still feel to this place very yeah i i started because i read his interview with the frat and his interview you know that was from it was from 2019 oh okay so very recent so it was very recently it was after get up turned around and he cites this frat as the thing that taught him all the skills he needed that's so sad and yet it's really all these frats have such pathetic histories when you right. look at this. All the stuff I'm getting is from their web, their sources, man. It's like, yeah, we were founded by a guy who got bullied into accepting more members because we were on, there were only 12 of us at the college. Like, it's pretty 
Yeah. We, we eventually realized we would all graduate and the frat would cease to exist. <laughs> it's just yeah. like so much of the thinking that just like, yeah, dude, we're basically running a business. We charge five dollars a cup and it's just it's just like it's a whole like I don't understand besides like I guess there would be some organizing aspects. To that is what uh, he says. Like that he, would have to be something, but like, what are they really organizing besides parties? Yeah, can I tell you the? They one do like charities, I, I guess. Go ahead. No, yeah, please. No, that's not it. It's the first uh, Greenberg story, and this is in the this is in the interview. I'm not slandering him. Uh, he tells a story about yeah. one of the hardest parties he had to throw, which is Northwestern was a dry town, uh, wherever it is. The it, Evanston, Illinois. Evanston Evanston was dry in the 90s. So according to Greenberg, you couldn't have any fun unless you were in the frat, which uh, already betrays sort of his outlook, <laughs> although yeah. certainly I'm not one. I, also kind of maybe shines a light on, on the, the amount of actual fun any of these I, people are I also think time. a lot of the people, I, I don't think that uh, the other Northwestern students aren't drinking unless they're in a yeah, frat. I I, it's still it's like it's still you or I. Like I wasn't in a frat. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so his story, the party, the great difficult party he threw was just a mixer with a sorority. He was like, I had to work so hard. It was about row. It was like, it was literally the bachelor it was giving roses, uh, something like that. He was like, it was so difficult to set up and I had to convince people and I had to get the brothers to sign on. And I had to talk to all different people of all different perspectives and that's what gave me the skills to. Rise I talked to brown people for this. Are you fucking kidding me? I, uh, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that in one aspect, which is that I would find that sort of thing extremely embarrassing and uh, degrading. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, in a way, it set him up perfectly for his next life. Listen, I would, I've thrown I parties. Would, you don't have to build your whole identity around it. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I think that I would have, um. A, a lot of trouble with because uh it's very difficult for me to ask people to for things although uh greenberg doesn't seem to have any crisis of confidence um in fact who knows opposite. what he would like at 19 years old but uh, very very sad he was i mean he his story about joining the frat is literally that he saw two right. guys who he thought looked cool Right, right. And now, what, what year was that in? Quote, what year was that in? Like, okay, so what does a cool guy look like in 1985? Is it literally like flock of seagulls haircut? Yeah, it looked like uh, looked like the villain in a in a ski movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the, what I, where I saw the opportunity to tie this in with uh, Thomas Cromwell uh, in this particular instance was that uh, what I learned about him today. Uh, was that uh, effectively where his sort of downfall began um, was bringing in uh, Anne of Cleves, uh, yes. who yeah. was basically uh, uh, deemed too ugly by Henry VIII. And uh, everything started to get out of control from there. And then it ended up with uh, uh, Cromwell getting beheaded. Yeah, although he, he is... Uh risen up even after that which is because uh henry who died today we're recording this on the day of his uh death 480 something years ago but yeah <laughs> he, he was just a mercurial dude but uh that is sort of the role that uh 
Greeny has at ESPN is just pleasing the bosses. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's the way I see it. And uh, ESPN, so you, people are very mercurial. And in this, in this, in this section, you've also tied together uh, Mike Greenberg's rise in the 90s um, and just the general mediocrity that excelled back then. Like, you could straight read something, you were going places. Yeah, you're, if you read, you're fine. I mean, because after college, I didn't really put it in because... I don't know. I thought it was funnier the way, but uh, he just, he's a reporter in Chicago and then he has his own show. He writes a syndicated column. He really didn't do anything special. He just could read well and uh, got on ESPN. And probably when you look at it, he had no particular talent. He wasn't very funny writer. I mean, say what you will about Bill Simmons. I I do wish someone would do an episode like this on Bill Simmons. I won't be, Ed, but uh, Ed, Ed, we'll, we'll get Ed on. Ed and I have I, talked about it. I was going. I am to, try, I'm trying to sort of subtly push Ed into doing. It. <laughs> yeah, him and I, him and I, uh, months ago, um, uh, discussed. Uh, uh, I was going to uh, read through. Uh, now I can die in peace again, uh, and. Uh, we'll we'll see if I actually get around to doing that. Um, uh, I think I flipped to a random page and Simmons was giving Harvey Weinstein credit for something. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He is much worse than a Greeny. But, but yeah, you basically Sim- just get the job. Yeah, but but Simmons was like, um, uh, it, it sounds so stupid now to say like his whole thing was that he's the Boston sports guy and yes. he writes with a fan's perspective. And like that sounds extremely stupid currently, but if you it go back to, if you, twenty years, yeah, there there weren't people who were uh, making it 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 sounds insane. There weren't people making references to eighties movies in their sports columns. <laughs> like there, there weren't people uh, who were making uh, tying everything back to relationships that they had or their weird fr- or their drunk friends. Like Simmons actually had a somewhat original angle that aged poorly because so did he. Like, um, like, like, but, but Simmons, uh, did really connect with people in that regard. Mike Greenberg doesn't represent or like, I, I don't think any people, no one sees themselves in Mike Greenberg in the way that people I, probably saw themselves in Simmons. And I would argue purposely, he, uh, tries not to represent anyone and he tries to be a totally neutral personality. And His, so like, that's obsession with that. Yeah. He, he is like perpetually trying to. Right, just absolutely trying to be Switzerland all the time, yeah. and really just, and like it does. There are some aspects of that that make it, like, a, like it's a good like pattern to have if you're gonna have a bunch of people on a show. Yeah, but but it's, to try and get everybody involved. But like after twenty years, it's really just like yeah, just at, raw. At, at the same dumb. time, though, he's not Walter Cronkite, you know. Um, and his shtick is that he does know everything and he is right about everything. Uh. Which, but the thing is, he's so just charmless that it falls flat. And for some reason, it like he just keeps on being rewarded. Um, a uh, totally blessed life. He has always, he's always said things like uh, I've heard him say this multiple times. It's sort of like his catchphrase. And he says, like, like all like all great geniuses, I will not truly be respected in my time. And I don't think he actually means it, but he is also not funny enough or charming enough to say that in a way that like makes you laugh it's just annoying 
It's and not like, 100% a joke, man. His it's twi- not. It's but his Twitter bio is the world's foremost authority on all matters. Like he's uh, and and it's an annoying shtick that like that he shares with like Greg Proops and other and other extremely annoying people of <laughs> of his ilk. Like it's it's not it's not cute. Just <laughs> Yeah, and to tie it and where I just want to end this yeah, yeah, area yeah. is that he is very much one of those guys who thinks he earned everything coming up, even though he just happened to sort of get lucky. Like he has skill and he can write, he can do his job. I give him his credit, but let's be real. If he were coming up now, he would not get a job. He would be, he would be here. Yeah, I mean, and he's one of those guys who tells people, and he did it in his frat interview. He did in all the interviews I see where he's sort of interviewed as an authority. He's like, man, just get on and do a podcast, even if no one's listening. Oh, like, my God. That, that is not nuts. what you did. That's, that's not, not what, what did, he yeah. did. He went through with connections. And that's why I felt like I needed to put in the frat stuff, because it, he got in with connections. He had the money and good for him, whatever. But don't tell me to just. You yeah, know, get your voice out there. Out. And he's a ten thousand hour guy too. He's uh he's very much he quoted Gladwell or whoever that is. He's one of those guys too. So that's that's my spiel. Outliers. Another uh, uh Bill Simmons was a huge proponent of yeah, Gladwell was. in like two thousand seven. Uh let's get to the next section. Yes. C Ascension Day. Christmas tide twenty seventeen to two April. 2018. Once the partnership with Golik is severed, he walks away. He, Greenberg, has won the split. Yet ESPN is always rearranging herself, her ratings eroding, her talent leaving, new shows bubbling up on the decaying network. His ally, John Skipper, is out as president of ESPN, brought down by a cocaine extortion attempt. Jimmy Pataro is in. With him arrives uncertainty over the launch of his, Greenberg's, new morning show. He has forged a new future, one free of Golik, and now they will think they can do without Greeny, too. Let them try to pull him down. They will find him armored. They will find him entrenched. They will find him stuck like a limpet to the airwaves. During daylight hours, he thinks only of the future but sometimes late at night memory comes to nag him. However, his next task is to find co-hosts and a new studio for his program, and before that, to schedule and name it. He writes it down. Early April, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Get up! Early April, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Get up! Get up! Get fucking up! Um, no, I, I don't, I didn't know anything about John Skipper. Um, what you, you just want to, I mean, John Skipper is such a funny character. We can just talk about his whole, uh, I mean, you know, he had a very sad addiction, blah, blah, blah. But the man got run out of ESPN because someone tried to extort him about his cocaine addiction. Not extort him like for cocaine or like, et cetera. It was extort him that he has one. I believe that's, so. That's what uh, it's like. What they tried to do to Letterman, uh, but uh, Letterman uh, managed to handle that a bit better. 
uh, when uh, he said he just walked to his car and like someone had just left uh, like there was just a letter in it that just like said like we know about your affair and then we're <laughs> we're going to go to the press with this unless you pay us like whatever and then he's just like well here's the thing it happened and and uh, went uh, went into it um, and it was handled uh, about as well as you could um, uh, however for a lot of reasons John Skipper is not David Letterman Although he's back, I think he is doing something with Dan Levitard right now. Uh, they're trying to set up their return, which I didn't even know Dan Levitard was off, but I guess he is. Uh, he was part of the cutbacks for whatever reason. Uh, I, I guess um, his show is, uh, I guess, slightly too weird um, uh, and uh, doesn't make enough money. Um I, I see Le- Levitard seems to be a constant uh, target of ab- abuse from uh, people. The I would say the, the core ESPN demographic don't understand why his father is on his show. Uh, he's not on the radio show uh, quite as much, but uh, every time he was on. Um, uh, what was what, what was the name of his show that he had with? Uh, it was him and Bamani Jones. Yeah, man, I, I'm. Oh, I don't remember. I highly mean, I question, highly, highly, highly questionable. questionable. Oh, I was going to say that. Too. Pablo Torre, too. Yeah, and um, but people would just get mad that his father was on. Some of them in more racist ways than other. Um, but uh, but Levitard, yeah, uh, had always sort of done his own thing, and I think that has always rankled uh, ESPN and their viewership. However, in his severance package, he got to keep his podcast feed. So all the people that are, were subscribers to the the ESPN show continue to be subscribers. That's a very and that is a good. fucking smart move. That was very yeah. good. I mean, and this does go into I guess what this is, which is sort of the business transfer section of ESPN, which is so important that it's always moving around. And Greenberg was the way he exited the show, I have no proof of this. This is a sports libel podcast, so I yeah, we it. we support libel. Uh, Greenberg absolutely set up the exit. He absolutely leaked it to the press that the show was ending before telling Mike Golick. I I absolutely believe he went behind everyone's back and worked it with John Skipper, who was his ally and his man in the corporate chain. That's. That's why I think my yeah, my big thing, my big thing is just like, why? Like, like you say in the in in the document I'm looking at, it just like doesn't like they were so successful. And honestly, neither of them were even like even that good. And like, I I would understand like green or Golik's like why I'd be upset because like I I, I honestly feel like he's a better dude and he's got like a better self-awareness. And just like I'd be fucking pissed because this is like your we had a good thing. We here. have a good thing here. We could do this for another 20 years if we wanted. It's an obsession with moving forward and just having more. I mean, it's it's literally it's, it's just America. You, you need <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah, just me. Uh, uh, it's me. I need me. Yeah, we need we need constant growth. If I'm not growing I'm falling behind and I need to be at the center of things. I mean, and that's what, that's what he eventually gets. So. Right. And we don't need to spend a a ton of time on this one because we did cover a bit of the, the exodus uh, prematurely in chapter one. 
Um, but yo, the, the, the break is absolutely fascinating because like he doesn't, there's nothing, if he were Michelle Beadle, if he had like this incredible talent and I know he had Michelle Beadle on his show to start it, but it just fell flat. And I never saw any of those early episodes. Yeah. We'll get into that in the next, uh, I believe section. Um, if he had something then like, I guess I get it. Like, I understand why Katie Nolan moved on to ESPN to like bigger and better things. But like, I don't understand this one. Like, I don't get this. I think he takes pride in his connections. And I think he takes pride in his political position within the network. And I think that's what he feels elevates him above other people is that he can work the game. That's my theory. The company man through and through. I'm the best company man. I mean, and I'm the one who can get the bosses to give me $6.5 million for a brand new show made in my image. That's success, not anything he sort of crafts. I mean, he's not a craftsman. No. It's about having titles. Hey, that's a good part to, to move into part two. Yep, I agree. This is uh, why have you been listening to us for 40 minutes? Right, for this. Part two. A. The interesting business. Summer 2018. So now get up. Feld, dazed, silent, he has fallen. His ratings knocked down 15% below that of SportsCenter. Inch by inch, forward. Never mind that articles are calling get up a commercial and creative failure. Head down, continue evolving. Fortune is mutable and soon his enemies at the network will want to sweep him out of the morning. But this is his time slot. He tells the fans what they are interested in. He guides the conversation of the day. He shapes the narratives that keep them enthralled, that keep eyeballs glued to the network. The next thing he knows, it is August 2018. Michelle Beadle is out as co-host. He, Greeny, has kept his seat despite the show's turbulent start. Jalen Rose will stay on, but in a more limited capacity. The show's hours are cut from 3 to 2, with an introductory hour of SportsCenter taking over the 7 to 8 a.m. time slot. He shrugs this off. It is always the wrong bits of the past people want back. So this is the, this is the sauce. This is the beginning of Get Up. Um, yep. which I know nothing about. I do remember it starting. I remember Jalen Rose being there. I do remember Michelle Beadle getting a morning show. I remember for a second going like, well, she's talented. I like her, but I don't know anything about it. You want to help us out? I don't know too much about it. I mean, I, I went back and looked as much as I can. Did you watch any of the uh, original episodes, Mike? Uh, I don't remember much of the original episodes. I remember that. Well, well it's, it's also another example of uh, ESPN uh really just ruined Michelle Beadle's career by moving yeah. her around to things. She was she was a good anchor of like their NBA programming, but they decided to put her on uh on this show and then which a, a pretty disaster. much seemingly ended it, right? Well, like, what now, is she doing now? Her whole oh, she was originally brought she was doing uh Sports Nation. Um I great show, very good. People love, uh, and that was also uh, part of the uh, the the uh, championed by Bill Simmons, um, as in like we got to get Twitter involved, uh, which also turned out to be uh, something that nobody should have asked for. Um, but uh, but the original yeah iteration of the show one it was an hour longer, 
Um, but get it, up. Yeah. And I gotta say that's something when I'm, I'm writing these, I had eight to 10 AM because I thought always was, but now it's an hour longer. Yeah. And, and that's significant. And as it turns out, the, the ESPN's general audience and the general general audience for sports in general in this country um, will uh, d- do not want two NBA people <laughs> on the show. Um, and that is why, as, as you pointed out in the outline here, get up transitioned and becoming a basically NFL only show. That's Basically, right. unless There's someone they talked about Hank Aaron when he died, barely, and and I can't remember the last time. Oh, uh, they'll talk the, about Kobe the, and basketball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. we, we also we have just passed the, the 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 anniversary of Kobe's death. Um. Or but I, and they might have talked about Jared Porter for a few minutes when he got fired for uh for sending uh lewds, um and harassing that woman. And like they're, but otherwise, like it's it is exclusively NFL conversation. They will uh, the second the season ends, they will be talking about the draft, um, and what the draft means for Tom Brady's legacy. Of course, and that's it. It's been successful just going into the NFL. It it's, has worked <laughs> wonders. It's it's obviously it's what people want. Because that because the show didn't get canceled, which it was about to be. Oh, it was they, close until they did a reshuffle, and uh, basically gave Greenberg of the reins. They could gave have had more power. Yeah, which is the fascinating thing. They could have made a Beatles show, uh, who's the actual uh, interesting and likable uh, uh, personality, uh, and they gave it to Greenberg because again the. Uh, uh, says all the right things in the meetings, uh, doesn't ruffle any feathers. And you know why else it is? Because he'll always go after the interesting business, the thing that he thinks has the most advantage for his political fortunes. And that has been the NFL. And he noticed that early. And so he, I mean, he's made himself, what team, what team do you associate Mike Greenberg as a fan of? The New York Jets. Yeah, I know New he's York a Jets, Jets fan. He brings it up all the time. He is not a Jets fan. In that interview Wait, with the frat, I mean, he he is, but within the interview with the frat, he is a Jets fan. Okay, but you scared me not, for a second. I was like, how hollow a, is this man? Well, no, he he said he doesn't root for any team, and that he has no rooting interest in any uh, of the major sports. So, I mean, the, I mean, does that sound like a Jets fan to you? It just sounds like a robot, frankly. He says the only one is he'll root for Northeast uh, Northwestern when they're in a tournament game. And that's it. Not that often. So, yeah, uh, not that often. Which, I, yeah, I understand the sort of impartiality uh, thing, but, but, but once again, what he does is not that serious. It's not like, uh, it's not like if a, uh, a news anchor told you that they didn't vote. Which, by the way, which ten years ago would have seemed like the a noble position, and now would sound yeah, insane. Now it's, yeah, um, so. But, uh, but, but, yeah, ten, twenty years ago, like that's what you would sort of expect uh, a news anchor, like based on like uh, radical impartiality. Um, that's not necessary from Mike Greenberg. Um, and also, it's it's <laughs> being a Jets fan as a business decision is really funny. <laughs> that's extremely funny. But I think that's the interesting thing here is that he's not a. He is, 
he is not faking the impartiality, right? He's not putting on a mask of impartiality. I believe he's putting on a mask of the Jets fandom and that really he's being very honest in some of these interviews and things. What he wants is just for things that people will talk about, that will get him eyeballs, that will keep his shows afloat and give him topics. And I I do understand rooting for matchups in a sense. I mean, we all do that to some degree. We want interesting things to happen in sports. But why do we want interesting things to happen in sports? And that's its own sort of question. Usually it's, well, they make us feel something. Greenberg isn't interested in feeling anything. Greenberg's interested in ratings and numbers and putting eyes on the screen. And I mean, he says all this. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not breaking down any secret history of the man. Not he, not making any wild is, accusations about how there's nothing behind those eyes. He, it's just he he his very openly says, you know, I don't have anything. And so, like, once you know all that about him, once you sort of read some of his writing and interviews, his stuff on Get Up, where he's like, oh, I'm so tortured by the freaking Jets. It's like the only reason he wants the jets to be good is so that he can insert himself more into these conversations with Deshaun Watson. You know, that's the only reason he would really want Deshaun Watson to go to the jets is that's a major media market. He doesn't yeah, care it, if the team's good. It's very, I, I, uh, I do enjoy that sort of thing in a way where like pretend, uh, uh mostly because I, uh, constantly pretending to be a fan of different teams. Oh um, yeah, yeah, you're a mini Greenberg now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cons- uh uh again uh well House Bills divided. Well, Bills Mafia, you know, it's uh unfortunately uh our, our Bills uh and and Bills Mafia have been defeated. Uh it's all about Chiefs Kingdom now and of course our Jags uh my uh my home, my family home of uh Jacksonville, Florida. God damn um, it, man. Are going to uh yeah, we are going to get Trevor Lawrence. So going to be good, involved in that way as well um it's uh it having yeah i lived in jacksonville for five months and then any and then when the jaguars were good a few years ago uh would bring that up constantly um always uh you you know i could only ever do it so seriously because like who are you really kidding like everyone i'm talking to absolutely knows that i'm not a jaguars fan as a pats fan looking at cowboys fan i'm seeing my future in like 20 years (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right it's uh the bottom's uh, coming the yeah uh as it turns out um things some depending on ownership uh never get better um and oh yes it, you know i watched i watched the draft and i was excited when cd lamb got uh picked and he's turned out great and you know what and, and that's about it like but then they still like mike mccarthy's still the coach jerry jones still the owner and that misery you feel, that deep misery in the way you're you're talking about that and you end sort of your voice down because it's like, God damn, the Cowboys really are. Yeah. Greeny will never feel that. No. And you'll notice. He'll always be like, the Jets suck. His voice goes up. He He's enjoying it because yeah, like, it makes him interesting. Yeah, like, you know, he never had to watch game, Jets games and actually get – he didn't watch like Glenn Foley play quarterback for the Jets – uh and and actually have to go like what is what is my life you know 
like in the in the way that I sat there and watched the uh, Quincy Carter play quarterback for the Cowboys and just screaming at the TV. He has braces. He can't be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And like he he never had to experience that. And I have to look up Glenn Foley really quick to see exactly when he played, but it's a I it's I think that's too deep of a reference. Oh, we're going to complain about two deep <laughs> references on this episode, uh, the Thomas yeah. Cromwell Mike Greenberg <laughs> episode. Glenn Foley Glenn Foley was the a seventh round pick out of Boston College who was on the Jets for four years. Um, he uh, in his career at a, or in the three years that he actually played some games, uh, 2000 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, 14 interceptions over the course of three years. And he's the first guy I thought of. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for that one. I'm 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 really glad that I that I pulled Glenn Foley out of the air. Uh, what do you guys say we get to the uh, the next the next section, Brendan? You gotta you gotta Greenberg us out of these sections, Brendan. You gotta be like I can talk about uh, this. All right, all day. guys. What we're gonna do is uh, as much as I'd like to hear you guys keep talking about this, I would like to uh, put a pin on this and get back to this later. And uh, let's see if we can get to the next section. How do you I guys gotta feel? pay the bills? Yeah, hey, we're gonna take a second. We're gonna get to our sponsors. We're gonna keep the lights on. Uh, Brendan, you'll be pleased to know that um, Glenn Foley's brother, Ed, is the recruiting coordinator for Temple. So no, then we're not moving on. Huh? Uh, no, can... I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to know that. I try to put a reference in the <laughs> Temple football and you just talk right over it. <laughs> All right. Next section. Next section. Here we go. B of the collaborators of Get Up Autumn 2019 to Spring 2021. Adam Schefter sweeping in. He checks his phone. He halts. He begins speaking about the latest rumors surrounding Aaron Rodgers. It is now almost 12 months since the coronavirus hit the sports world. With the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, the sports media industry was plunged into chaos. Studios were closed. Shows swept off air. Entire networks shuttered permanently. He, Greeny, has weathered the storm. He has done this by doubling down on the formula that delivered Get Up from its ratings nadir in summer 2018. He sits at the center of the table, directing a disposable cast of second-rate sports analysts to shout conflicting takes at one another. The virus has solidified his iron clasp on the show. He alone now sits in the studio, deciding which two-bit personality will speak on screen, when, and for how long. Schefter is his most precious utensil. Each morning, the insider lends the show its only whiff of credibility by preparing the latest NFL rumors. Occasionally, when NFL news is out of season, Adrian Wojnarowski does the same with the NBA. With cold proficiency, he, Greenberg, hands these scraps over to his hungry guests, who pick the bones clean. Uh, so there we have it. We have a... Uh... The murderer's row of fucking dweebs, frankly. Adam Schefter is the only guy who's allowed to just sit and look at his phone every time he's on camera. It's unbelievable. It's so obnoxious. It's and and yeah, the, the, that it feels like uh, it's fake. Th- that it feels like a. I bit. like Woj. Everyone yeah. likes Woj. 
Does well, do they? <laughs> we can I, get I into like Woj in a minute. I, I, I All right, I like Woj. I've been wrong before, but I, I thought I liked Woj. Tell me why I don't. <laughs> Since I'm hearing, I'm hearing like the ad episodes where I'll come on and be like, "No, Brenda, you don't that, like." Yeah, what did I say? Right? I was like, "Who's this fine?" Guy, when, I don't know when, him cutting you off and telling uh, telling you about Kevin O'Connor yeah. uh, constantly <laughs> replying to Elon Musk is one of my favorite thing that has happened on the show since it came back and <laughs> well, when you're when you're just like i mean like i like kevin o'connor and i just went ah <laughs> <laughs> he's like do you like him are you sure you like him because <laughs> well Woj, i'll say who doesn't like Woj is uh kyrie irving who he has been waging a shadow war on Woj has on kyrie <laughs> for since cleveland i would think uh Woj is reporting like not his reporting his his columns are really slanted against certain people. I don't read his columns though, and I'm sure you don't either. So do other not. than that, he's fine. Yeah, it's just like but the broad strokes. I don't I don't I don't dislike Woj given the broad strokes. You know? I mean, yeah, he said he got suspended for something that was probably cool. I don't remember what it was. He he emailed I think he emailed Ted Cruz. Ooh, um, that's good. And, and no, uh, he emailed like a senator. Jo- I think it was Josh Hawley. Yes, it was definitely Josh Hawley. And uh, I think it just said, like, fuck off or something like that. Something, like, as crass as that. All right, we're yeah, back, we're back exactly with Woj. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he hates Kyrie, and he, like, does certain people's bidding with his uh, columns. So that's my break-in on Woj. But let's go back to Schefter, because that is uh, the star yeah. of Get Up. Schefter-, uh, Schefter is the man I'm most surprised never appeared on uh, Ballers. <laughs> That is incredible, sure. actually. That's, incredible. that's the uh, the of of all people, um, yeah, but yeah, the, the constantly looking at his phone thing, um, is it, it's unacceptable, even in the context of of of, of being the NFL reporter. And it's fake, right? Do it, you agree? I mean, not every I, time, but not not every time. Like th- this morning, the Deshaun Watson news did seem to come while he was on TV. So, like, I'll give him that one. Um, but even then, like, you know, I, I, I have like, I, I don't think that, uh, that ESPN wouldn't have known. There's other people working on these things all the time. Like, despite yeah, the fact that he probably is con- like from, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's one of these success win guys and is up at 6am, uh, texting assistant general managers and asking what's going on. But, uh, I, I, at some point like there there there's a whole team of people who work on this sort it's of stuff low key, it's low key easy to do this man like just as long as you can have connections eh, just becoming the guy breeds finding more guys and becoming yeah. adam Schefter. he didn't work that hard I'm sorry, Schefter, if you've listened to an hour and a half of this podcast. You know, I remember when, when he was hour. on he was on NFL Network and um, I'm not gatekeeping Adam Schefter, by the way. I don't give a shit. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but I like, say, we're apologizing on, to Schefter. He was on. And uh, yeah, we're look. All right, all right. Brendan, we're starting the show over. We're going to apologize, Adam Schefter. But no, Schefter, when he was on NFL Network, like I uh, he was really good. And I remember ESPN poaching him and me being mad. Then just like, well, there goes another one to uh, to ESPN. Like that, like everything just eventually gets absorbed by ESPN. But like, uh, uh, but yeah, he was he he was like the star in the early days of NFL Network. Um, 
uh, but of course, uh, everybody ends up at ESPN because and yeah. yeah, and it is really incredible how you can see ESPN strategy with Schefter with Woj, of course, uh, as well, because those are the only two they care about. They don't yeah, because because uh, yeah, Woj was at Yahoo, like yep. and who and uh, he, he the Shams took over. Yeah, um, but as for the others on the show, as I'm going down the list here. Oh, I just want to say before that, and I guess I already said, but the the two, they're there for credibility's sake to make ESPN the hot spot where you will get the news first. Right. And that's 100%. why they're on Get Up. Yes, because is, and that's and- why Mike Adam Schefter's on Get Up with Mike is so that you can be like, oh, I'm getting my morning news. Uh, yes, because just about everybody else on this list is inessential yep completely disposable <laughs> and so have that uh, uh, let me just run know. through a few of them uh, i'm just gonna read this list and uh when you feel that holy Maybe spirit wanna... just speak up. So, uh, marcus yeah, spears marcus spears yeah. is uh is in I, I find it to be delightful in a way <laughs> it's mostly because um his his extremely uh combative relationship with uh with Stephen A. Smith, um, where they basically they just sit there and scream at each other, uh, and <laughs> and it is it it makes for terrible television, but it's uh it, it's dramatic in a way because they both seem genuinely angry the entire time, <laughs> even though Spears, nothing nothing actually gets said. Spears is incredible, and he's to me the most interesting one. We'll go through because of the Stephen A. Smith thing and because he is very clearly his apprentice. He is very clearly trying to become the next Stephen A. Smith on the network and fill in that role. And so, I mean, I have like sort of a lot of spec fiction in my head about this man's life. Like, and Stephen A. Smith, does Stephen A. Smith like that he has sort of an apprentice trying to be him and help Marcus Spears? Or is he genuinely angry at marcus spears for trying to do (laughs) like a lot of the shtick and is that why like is he is there actual anger i would be surprised if i would be surprised if stephen a smith even considered them to be doing like the same sport i would too they're not on the same level stephen a smith is legitimately gifted at what he does yeah yeah yeah. say what you will about what say what you will about what he does but stephen a is uh it is a, a transcendent like yeah. he, he comes on get up and the show is like elevated like Stephen a smith is i mean it's like watching he's a star like watching no Trout or lebron um yeah, no he's a star he's an absolute star dan orlovsky um, oh god dan orlovsky, I, I, I find him very unsettling he he knows less than anyone who's ever been on the show uh, i mean he he was an nfl quarterback briefly give him his credit that's not easy to do ever but like i i don't think he has ever said one insightful thing that i've ever seen the only thing i agree with him on as best i can tell is talk was when he just talks relentlessly about how good patrick Mahomes is and just go yes i i most people know that now but at least he's not being annoying and and contrarian about it yeah, right. I would never like begrudge the guy a a bad NFL career. Like it's fucking impossible to be good at football. Like I get it. Um, but it is much easier to be good at this, and he's not. 
He's uh, not. He's not. He's not interesting. I don't want to watch him. I don't care he, what he says. He always all part of it as well is that he always looks. Um, one, it, it looks like his wife told him what to wear and told him he'd look cool if he did. Oh and, wow! And it and it which is relatable. <laughs> but it yeah, does, my wife. Um, he 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 doesn't look comfortable to me. Uh, it is very manicured and like tailored, and I don't know why because I don't know what he thinks is next. Yeah. Um, and he also constantly has uh this sort of default expression, like someone just told him that like someone slashed his tires or like like someone That's has damaged his putting it. Someone has damaged his car. It's uh, it's the way that I always described Eric Wynalda. Um, and, and I think it's good be clear. It's true of a lot of people in sports media, but Eric Winalda always had that sort of face as well. Um, uh, one of my least favorite people from, uh, the soccer commentary world who luckily we have all moved beyond. Um, similarly, uh, Ryan Clark, who, uh, who I do like, uh, Ryan Clark has a, he constantly looks furious. That's my yeah, favorite. That's my favorite thing about Ryan Clark is his listening face looks really pissed off. Which, I don't, and, I don't like Ryan me, Clark. And maybe he is. I got to tell my Ryan Clark like bit is that I watch a significant amount of get up with my mother when I'm at my uh. parents house. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'll wake up at eight. And I'll come down and I'll watch Get Up and we'll watch it. So my mom follows football. Uh, and like we both hate the show. Uh, <laughs> but she is always so amused by Ryan Clark's facial expressions because he is he is such a weird little character on the show. He's just always making these insane faces and arguments with people. Ryan Clark also had a reputation as being a very dirty player. Yeah, he was incredibly dirty. He uh, specifically uh, Wes Welker and and uh, and against the Ravens against uh, Wills McGahee um, that uh, just leveled both of them. And there was always talk about about how dirty Ryan Clark was. Um, but and again, that's also the reputation of a lot of Steelers throughout time. But um, uh. But yeah, it's uh, uh, you know what Rodney Harrison had a uh, uh oh, Rodney has, has had a uh, I love uh, Rodney has had a career uh doing commentary after the and you know it's so it's Ray Lewis so it doesn't matter what you do on or off the field yeah as long as it's if if enough time has passed it's fine and we'll have Ray Rice on do it uh, on get up soon. Clark is one of the best on the show in terms of what Greenberg wanted to create, which is just guys come out with two minutes of lightning fast hits on each other of takes and sort of this nonsense like mini first take. Clark executes it well, much better than Dan Orlovsky would. That I, I would say the the probably most interesting and most insightful and smartest guy on the show is Dominique Foxworth. Um, I, I, I think, uh, mo- I end up enjoying him. He's also funny, uh, when everyone else, goatee, right? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, er- everyone else is, uh, trying very, very hard. And, uh, <laughs> um, so, and, and he, uh, seems to just constantly be uh, calm and having fun. Um, and- yeah, I feel like, I feel like specifically when I'm bringing up, uh, watching it with my mom, it's, it's Clark and him. Yeah, uh, the the who two will of them go the, at it. They're back and, and just forth. get mad, and they're okay. 
their back and forth is is very fun. Rob Ninkovich, uh, I haven't seen as much of, um, although he also seems like something of an empty vessel to me. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's just a former Patriot, so I get mad at him for betraying uh, sort of the sanctity of the Belichick way, maybe. <laughs> but uh, similarly, Ninkovich is really boring. Yeah, similarly, Damon Damian Woody, I also find boring. Like, uh, he was. Yeah, uh, I find it very boring. As he well. was hosting. Uh, uh, both Stephen A. and and Max were out the other week, and uh, uh, Damon Woody was was one of the the two ho- hosts of. Uh, the replacement host for first take and it's just not uh, there's very no low, energy. L- low energy low energy low energy damian woody yeah low no energy damian woody's a good way to put it there's nothing there him and ninkovich are kind of the same guy they're just there to sort of talk like give an air of authority if i played football and take one of the sides of whatever argument we're having but uh yes they're not particularly Jeff Saturday. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Saturday, Saturday is important. Do, I he's, do not care uh, for him. No, he's not funny. Uh, he's constantly he's doing the classic NFL pregame show thing of laughing too much. Yep. Um, I do feel somewhat <laughs> rep- I, I do feel somewhat represented by him as he's a guy with a really ugly smile. Um, the, so <laughs> I, I I feel seen in that regard. Um, but uh, he's also uh, important that uh, he, he's a sort of uh, a place where where Greeny can touch base when it's not just a bunch of um, uh, black former uh, NFL uh, pros talking to each other. The Jeff Saturday is 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 a is a white person <laughs> that Greenberg can relate to. Yeah, he's. Uh... <laughs> I think that that they that's what he's there for. That's what Dan Graziano is there for at some at some point as well. When it's when when it's just like when when uh, Greenberg becomes very much the cultural outcast because you have a bunch of uh, uh, well yeah, yeah Greenberg needs are, to relate to everyone yes that's his whole purpose and as being to do the corporate hand yeah and as and being often the only white person and the only non NFL player on there he's he gets he he gets hung out to dry often in that regard well uh, in that. <laughs> That sort of is the serious social justice bent of my criticism of Get Up, is that, I mean, you have, look, a lot of these collaborators on the show suck. Uh, Pretty much all of them do. But, of course, it's Mike Greenberg at the center. And, I mean, that's just always going to be it with these ESPN shows because they cannot take any risks. They can't survive at what they perceive as a risk for more than a month. And it's always, it's, they always need the boring white man guiding the conversation. You can have the conversation, but it's going to be on our corporate terms. And that's Mike Greenberg's role. And that's why I fucking hate him, to be honest. One of all the reasons. So that's my angry spiel at Mike Greenberg. Well, uh, also in really uh, bleak things, I can't I'm, I'm struggling to remember uh, precisely who the uh, if you'll give me a second let me uh, see if I can find um, well while you're saying I'll say I also hate Jeff Saturday for constantly bringing up the Colts and that <laughs> awful team he was on for a decade yeah he's just one of those guys Jeff... he's a crybaby 
Jeff Saturday, I just like I don't like him and I don't know why because I don't watch this stuff as much as you guys, I'm sorry to say. But it's just like always somebody as soon as he's talking, I'm just like, ah, maybe it's time for you to stop. I, I I'm I'm glad that I tweeted about it back on November third. Um but Basically, the the worst thing that can happen when a boring white man is in a room full of black people is that he references uh, rap music as uh, as a thing that that we can all agree on. (laughs) And um, I forget which team was doing the swag surfing uh, celebration. Um, And they're just like, Greeny, do you know what this is? And and uh, and Greenberg, again, the most smug man alive just goes, are you talking about fast life youngsters? And then oh, just God, like sat, and then just sat back in his chair and nodded, and I just went like, <laughs> "I want to die." The classic. Like, I this. mean, that's the Ernie Johnson special. <laughs> but I like. I, I can. Ernie's okay. Uh, <laughs> for someone know, who wrote in John right. Kasich, yeah, for, <laughs> for the John Kasich guy, I'm I'm willing to give Ernie a pass because Ernie. I guess I guess I didn't expect to sort of go on the serious bent of it, but. I mean, Ernie Johnson does not dominate the conversation. And this is a skill some people have and some people don't. Where And I do not have this skill, uh, as anyone listening to this will know. Uh, where you have to know when to shut up and let other people really guide the conversation, right? And Mike Greenberg always needs to be in control of the conversation, even if he's not saying anything, even if he's not really revealing anything, even if there's no insight for him. It's always his conversation that he's controlling. He's always directing it. Whereas Ernie Johnson, he doesn't really direct those conversations. He has a very limited hand. He'll cut for commercial. He's good. He's good at getting everybody to stop talking when it's time to throw a commercial. And that's what you need. And that's what if Greenberg were that, I would respect him. Uh, But he's not that. He has to insert himself into all of this shit. Speaking of which. (laughs) Well, you, you just oh no, you're still going. <laughs> no, you <laughs> no, really if, if if it weren't for the light <laughs> flickering in the uh, on your face, it would, I I also would have been sold on that. That was good. No, I I will say again that the my favorite and I believe the greatest host of anything of all time is James Richardson, um, who is a uh, host uh, used to be Guardian Football Weekly and now Totally Football Show uh, podcast is. There, there is no one better at hosting anything uh, than than what he does. He is how quick and smart and funny he is, and organized, and is a pro broadcaster in every way. And um, it's it, that, and that that is you can't hold everyone to that standard. But Mike Greenberg falls well short of that standard. Uh, with that, let's let's bring our last section up, and let's 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 button this closed. Um, are you guys ready? Yep. Yes. The final of these, uh, frankly, wonderful vignettes. Uh, thank you for all your effort. Um, here it is. See, we too, how long we were fooled. Summer 2021 to 6 August 2037. There were days, not too long past, days since Mike and Mike ended, when he'd woken in the morning and had to decide before he could speak to anybody, who he was, and why. But those days are not these days. Sometimes, when he sees an article on himself, he feels almost impelled to speak in defense of his career, his legacy. 
But it is no use to justify yourself. It is no good to explain. It is weak to read social media. It is wise to conceal one's personality, even if there is nothing to conceal. A host's power is in the half-light, in the unguessed-at expression of his face. It is the absence of charisma that entices people, the gap you open into which they pour their fears, fantasies, desires. Don't look back, he had told John Skipper. Yet he too is guilty of retrospection in that hour when the earth and sky melt just before the morning goes live. Time was he would spend this hour with Golik, planning out the quips and bits of the day at their desk. Now it is just him, Greenberg, who helms ESPN's flagship. He sits at his Manhattan studio, passive as an animal, looking for the light on camera to go red, feeling the beating of his own heart waiting to see what he will do next. The uh, the thing that haunts me in this last one, and I said it I said it before we cut out, is that like in this doc, my eyes just keep getting pulled to one sentence that you put in here, and that is how long will we continue to suffer get up? How long And will I we think be that's fooled? the question. How that's the question. That really is the question. And me personally, just to like answer it first, a while. I think it's going to be on for a while. Uh, you know, these things, the, they, they happen until they don't, right? It, it's just, yep. it, it always seems, uh, uh, all the things that seem inevitable or, or, or permanent ju- just end one day. You know, Mike and the Mad Dog ended. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's just some something will happen. And I don't know what it'll be because considering that, um, uh greenberg is the axis which everything revolves around you know and and presumably as long as he's there the show goes on uh they can lose any of their other cast of characters because they are in the end replaceable uh whereas mike greenberg presumably is not i mean he very much is if you know he's he's yeah but they they won't have anyone at that point it ceases to be get up He's a replacement level host in every way. He's uh, the sort of, you know, Jason Garrett's tenure with the Cowboys is, you know, it's like that. <laughs> it's uh, here is here's a guy beloved by ownership who um, can't do right, but he doesn't really do wrong either. <laughs> and uh, and one day, maybe something will something will snap somehow. Probably when Greenberg demands more money. Um, that will be what will, ends will, it. Because he does not he even, deserve more money. He's getting yeah. a lot. He's getting a lot for relative to what he does. If he, He's making $6.5 million a year, See, now, like, which I'm is not, pretty like, extraordinary for uh, for how little actual work he has to do. I don't know. He is in the shit every day. I'm sure he does a lot of stuff in a day now like oh yeah is that is that well aimed is that like probably not is it no like he's something does. that somebody else could do yes but like time consuming i'm it's sure it's very funny to me that you refer to it as in the shit because i just watched full metal jacket like a week and a half ago and it's <laughs> immediately draws some stark contrast yeah uh but no quite I, different I, Green, greenberg it, yeah it's not like um i remember somebody saying that they like interned on jim rome's show and like Jim Rome would pull up like 10 minutes before filming, do the show, get in his car and leave. Rome was always <laughs> combustible. <though. laughs> um, no, I, I think I mean, like Greenberg, I'm sure actually 
puts the work like it, you know, he's done his research. He's not going to he he would never get embarrassed by something and like not being able to, uh, you know, uh, have, yeah. you know, not recognizing what people were talking about, though. He's also enough professional to to figure out how to move on from something without having to out himself as right. not should, knowing anything should, about it. Should be said inside the, the hour mark somewhere in there that he is a pro like he is. Oh, yeah. He doesn't like fuck up in any like real meaningful way. Like I spent I spent two hours just trying to find embarrassing footage of him. And I found nothing. I also meant to, get, meant to get to something that I didn't. He is like he is cloaked in the best sort of 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 like armor that you can get as a prominent figure, which is just he's cloaked in volume. Like he, there is just so much shit that yep. he is. You can never find anything on him from 20 years ago because you have to sort through 70 million pages of Google and search engine nonsense to find anything that was like a current article on him from 2003 about something he said. Like, there's just no way to do it, which is why I was so impressed by all this, because you just like didn't seem to need to do it. You just had it. The one thing that I the the one thing was the key. The one thing that I found of interest um was uh an, a bleacher report article from 2008 uh that uh, that was about how mike greenberg finds out that no one likes him and uh he said that basically he just googled his own name and uh started reading people's blog posts and in the bleacher report article they reference somebody's uh, somebody's blog spot from 2007 um about weenie greenie <laughs> I remember that. I forgot. I can't believe we didn't bring up that old and, nickname. And what the, is it? What is the nickname? Weenie Greenie. Weenie Greenie. Okay. Yep. And I do remember that now that you say it. And uh, uh, basically, the story was Greenberg left his uh, his drop his credit card in a cab or something. The cab driver called him, or it must have been his wallet, something like that. I don't know. But basically, the the cab driver got in touch with him at the hotel he was staying at and that and drove back from whichever airport it was around dc uh to uh oh by the way this is when uh greenberg they mike and mike had gone to the the spelling bee uh they were covering the spelling bee and trying to get brace and listen uh, yeah <laughs> and uh the uh and the cab driver brought it back to him and he said that uh he didn't tip him for doing this and go like, like lean and, and tore into him. Uh, you know, like, really? well, you know, he wouldn't That's use a 20. Um, and the entire article is about how Mike Greenberg thought like, no, no respect for the working man doesn't care. And then, but, but there's a lot of comments on this blog spot post about how Greenberg stiffed the guy who brought him back his wallet voluntarily. And, uh, and it seemed to be a sort of bean dad situation where they were just like, you you idiot, how dare you? He said at the end of the episode that he did tip the guy. And just like, uh, so he told a, a, a story that he knew would get people worked up for for show. No. And then just like, all right, well, actually, I did give him some money. But oh. like, so like, so did they, so they had this entire fake argument about how Greenberg didn't tip this cab driver. <sighs> And then eventually said that he did because all the comments under this guy's blog post were were defending Green because he said that he said later that he did tip him. Oh my god, that fucking sucks. Every box is checked. Every box is checked. 
He is. He just lied about it for the, for the 10 minutes of content. That seemed to be yeah, but, the interesting business. Bro. Oh, my that's, God. But that's that it. is what that is effectually, uh, effectively what happened to John Roderick the other day when he told the 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 what and and. He, he had no idea when he was typing a story that he thought was funny about how he wouldn't open a can of beans for his daughter, that he would become bean dad and get chased off Twitter. He had no, no idea that would happen. He thought he was just, he exaggerated a boring story and, and then got crushed for it. And now this didn't happen to Mike Greenberg because it was on the radio and it wasn't written down. And that is that, that Cloaked that's a, in let that lesson, let that be a lesson to everyone. Is if anything, never, never put it on paper. Oh boy, do I ever follow that at this point? I mean, what? I'm only on Strava at this point. Yeah, much, Strava but, influencer. Okay, but, uh, so lads, what is next? What's next? What is what is what is the future hold for Mike Greenberg then? Ten more years of this crap. Yeah, yeah. six seasons in a movie, baby. Relentless. He, he did relentless say success. ten years. So he wants ten this years will... of Get Up. Yep. That's How old his... is he right now? Do you know? He is fifty-five. Okay. Uh, wait, no. I mean, I put I put when he'll be seventy. Yeah, you said uh, twenty thirty-seven. He he'll can't be possibly 70. be fifty-five, can he? Twenty thirty-seven. He'll be seventy. So in sixteen years, he'll be seventy. So he's fifty-four. Yeah. He's fifty-three. Wow. Well, all right. Cromwell went down at age fifty-five. By the way, just saying <laughs> something to keep an eye on, but uh. But he wants a decade for Get Up. That's what he said. He says he sees it going at least a decade. And my personal view is he's he adores Bob Costas. So what did Bob Costas end up doing? He called games, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't think Greeny's ever going to call. No. Games. But I think Greeny wants to be seen as the old guard at ESPN. The Certainly. Old right, right. He wants to have like a half hour. He wants to have a, like a segment on the next Get Up. Once yeah. a week, where he's like, "All right, like, thank God you're here, Greeny. Will like, bond. get your ass, yeah, right." Sort of a will bond thing, maybe. Uh, but I think he wants. Grander. I don't. Well, uh, yeah, but more but, like a, uh, maybe like a Greeny, boomer. Greeny will never. Boomer is a good one. Greeny would never be as crotchety as Will Bond, though. Like, like Will Bond is, uh, like, just sort of like gets progressively angrier. He just, he I just. Like see, <laughs> I do too. BT, I, I, I love, I love him and, and Tony. Um, I, I enjoy Will Bond. But I, I also at this point, it, it's very much uh, old. Uh, the old man is mad sort of thing. It, it's he's just constantly pissed off now. Um, and uh, I, I but yeah, I could see Mike Greenberg as the guy who does like the big interviews like during the Olympics. Should it go back to the Disney family of networks at some point in the future? He uh, he gets he, the president interview during the Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. he might. He honestly he might have already done it. I mean, Bill I, Simmons did one of them. So I. Uh, but, oh shit! I'm sorry. I forgot but he wants saying. that position on the network, old guard, head of, you know, head of it, Ugh. head of the media that's force. Fucking, that's fucking bleak, man. And so he won't get that with Get Up. So Get Up will end uh, within probably ten years from now. I mean, 65-year-old man doing it, I don't think so. I don't think he'll want to do it past 2030. I mean, I guess who are the other real candidates to be like the uh, the elder statesman of, of ESPN? It's him it's and Greenberg. Scott Van Pelt. But it's Van Pelt, though. Van Pelt's the guy you want to bring in for a 10-minute segment once a week. People actually people really like him, though. I, I like him. I don't I like, like really like him, but I like him, you know? 
I don't but like, like him. Every, like every, him. Everyone else that should have been bailed. Uh, you right, know, Dan Rich, Patrick. Yeah, Dan, Dan Patrick and Rich Eisen are the, the two yeah. obvious ones that I was. I was always I mean, a Kenny Dan Main. Yeah, Kenny yeah, Main was Scott. always a favorite of mine as well. Stuart Scott, sure. Uh, Kenny Main was never never did serious things. Though. Right, right, right. I mean, right. But uh, but that was why I liked him. Yeah, but uh, uh but yeah, like uh, new is uh, new, uh, new is uh, is range. I'm yeah, talking but, fairly down the road, though, like even 20 years, because I think Greenberg thinks that far ahead about his legacy and how high he wants to rise. So I think I think someone like Kenny Maine is already there. Sort of as yes. this elder statesman for the network. Uh, right. And Scott Van Pelt is also already there. But Van Pelt's young. Like he's of his age group. Yeah, he's he's in his 50s. Yeah. So I think Greeny's kind of eyeing. I do wonder who his rivals at the network are. Yeah, like, who does he, ESPN's who's he way too up? political. He definitely has rivals, but I don't know who they are. He, he's gonna he he's gonna try way and, too close. He's gonna try and reunite Mike and Mike in the morning when he realizes nothing sticks. They're gonna bring that back at some point. Boy, do you want? I would love to hear that conversation <laughs> and how he weasels his way. About uh, listen, goalie, we're we're both fucked. We're both done here. Let's. By the way, Scott Van Pelt. Um, I, uh, actually watched him anchor the golf equivalent of sports center on the golf network back in like 1999. I remembered him from that. He's probably exceptional. That's, probably, that's, probably did a great job. That's when I was golfing a lot. That's when I was, I actually, uh, 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 for whatever reason at age 12 in a family of no one who <laughs> played too. decided, yeah, too. my, my dad owned clubs that he didn't use, and I went out to a retention basin, like the like behind the development behind our house, <laughs> and just hit balls in in a in a drainage ditch, uh, for for like four hours a day, and uh, and then would watch Scott Van Pelt on uh, whatever uh, whatever that show was called, the sports the Golf Channel Sports Center equivalent. Guys, it's the sixth of August, twenty thirty seven. Mike Greenberg is seventy years old. The light leaves his eyes as Patrick Mahomes retires and he sees no more discussions about future goat versus goat to have, which is, by the way, driving me insane. His I whole, don't want to care for this whole week. Well, we've been Mike and I have well covered ground on this show. Uh, how, how little we care for the goat discussions. Well, we, we have to up. consider all the many future goats. We have to talk about Patrick Ugh. Mahomes. We got to talk about Trevor Lawrence. We got to talk about uh, Jerry Jones, grandson. Uh, we got to talk about the Peyton Manning nephew, Jerry yeah. Jones grandson. I, actually, I don't even know how old Jerry Jones grandson is right now. I just know that he was like a very good uh, Texas high school football uh, player. But again, like that actually translating to college good or NFL good is it like it's a lot. It's a huge jump, although I'm sure he's playing at a good school. I well, guess. Oh. I, I was also going to do the transition, but one of the no, last ones I wanted to get in was we talked when I said, how long are we going to continue to suffer this? Oh, you meant like I'm you really, two. I really am. Uh, well, both. But I really am thinking me and Mike, how long are we going to keep doing this? Yeah, I didn't ourselves? ask you guys that. Like, why are you guys doing this to yourselves? Why do you get up? Because I, I was living. I mean, I still am most of the time at home with my parents uh, and I wake up at eight and I hate the today show. 
on it. I could do a whole nother show about the Today Show and their morning boost crap, which is, I hate them. And so I just turn on ESPN. That's fine. My parents like sports. Yeah. So I ended up watching it because NFL Network doesn't have anything. I I, I I'm gonna be honest with you, Mike. I I I I feel like the I'm trapped by this content. It's just not good enough for me. It's not good enough for me. Not a good enough excuse. I'm trapped by the better. pandemic. I think. Okay, that's fine. I, that's a better excuse. To I me. really get on, get on maybe YouTube something. I don't know. I, I, I like. I, to, I'm trying to help you. Don't. I like to watch. I like to watch live television in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's just I I I've grown up this way. I, I uh, have my coffee. <laughs> I my coffee and talk about the day. Watch Sports Center or the Today on. Show. The, so my my entire uh, childhood. That's literally how I, I, I'm sorry. Is, is that there is, needs to be something on? Is Sports Center not an option anymore at 8 a.m.? I'm not much no, of an 8 a.m. It's not on. Okay. It's a, he kicked it out. He killed okay. the pass. I mean, it's not like ESPN that was part two of or that was part of, one. That was part of the problem. The part of what was eating into GitHub's ratings was that Sports Center was on, so people would watch that because you could actually get information. And now you have to listen to you have to watch Marcus Spears make a disapproving face. They fucking monopolized it. They took over my morning. <laughs> I'm trapped. Yeah, especially given the fact that like none of the none of as we discussed earlier, none of the sport uh, individual channels, NFL, MLB, NBA, have anything better going on in the morning. In fact, maybe worse. Like NFL. AM, what is NFL AM you said earlier? It's worse. Bad. Good morning, football. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I do miss I, Korean what? baseball was fun. And that actually got me that Korean baseball always led into get up. And that is something that really uh, that, that might actually be the origin now that I think of it. I would always watch. I mean, always. This was 10 months ago. But for four weeks, I would watch the Korean Baseball League at 7 a.m. And then it would go into get up. God damn it. Terrible show. Yeah. It, it, uh, by the way, I, I Googled Jerry Jones' grandson. He has multiple grandsons. But, um, oh, really? One of them is an offensive lineman who's going to play at Texas. But the quarterback plays for Arkansas. Um, and he seems to be so far. Uh, I think he's a redshirt sophomore. Future um, goat. Uh, he seems to be unremarkable, but there's plenty of times, of course. Um, and then if you scroll down on the first page of Google results, uh, Jerry Jones' grandson throws a pick six ESPN <laughs> video. So the knives are out for John Stephen Jones. Uh, well, gentlemen. This has been a, a a very fun episode, uh, Mike Whalen. If you ever if you ever get it in you to to do another deep dive on something, please. I'll be fun. Maybe knock April. on our door. Um, I'll look. This, this was a great time. I I really enjoyed this. I I, I I feel a little better than I thought I would, but I don't feel good. I mean, I'm just <laughs> I I got visibly mad at Mike Greenberg a few times doing this, which yeah. is very funny to me to yeah. get mad at Mike Greenberg. Uh no, this 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 was uh th- this was very good. This was uh uh sur- surpassed all expectations for the Mike Greenberg episode because I was worried that what would end up happening is that I would just sit here just going like he's such an asshole. He's so smug. He's just he's not funny. He sucks. And like and I would run out of things. I would burn myself out after about 30 seconds of just saying I, all I the knew same I needed to that, segment you, Mike. I needed yeah. to I needed to train your sword. The Sirio uh, Pharrell of 
You pod. don't get that joke, Mike. That's, yeah, he does because he's he on my Strava. Get it? That's yeah. Uh, if, if Brendan, if you were if you would join the Dismal Tide Run Club, you would see all it's great on Strava, and anyone can. Why? And then they would see uh, all of uh, Mike's episode reviews uh, for uh, what formerly Battlestar Galactica and now in the Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, you doing those on off. Strava? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I only review television on Strava, the running site, because I think that's the only medium in which, like, I okay, I have written about this, but I won't go into it. I won't go into it. Uh, both of both my mics. It's been a pleasure. Let's uh, let's do this again sometime real soon. I'll be seeing you in a week. I'll be here. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. See you guys. Have a good week. See you guys. Well, I really gotta say is like. Cause that's how our people gonna get down. How we ever gonna get up? How we ever gonna get up if that's how we get down? Oh, yeah. I love you.